This is Mark Mullinax, and I welcome you back to this class on Taoism. Power for the Peaceful. Verse 26. Temporary Insanity or the Eternal True Self? When you listen to the ground and you put your roots down, you can hear what she says if you're listening. When you listen to the ground and you put your roots down, you can hear what she says if you're listening. The sweet sound of the river as she moves over the stones. The same song that the blood in your body sings as it weaves around your bones. When you're listening, when you're listening, are you listening? Even though the gold of your true nature can get buried beneath fear, uncertainty, and confusion, the more you trust this loving presence as the truth of who you are, the more fully you will call it forth in yourself and in all those you touch. Tara Brock Greetings, and welcome back to our class. Today's quote readers include a special family of authors, filmmakers, poets, and artists one voice of whom is a young person pretty freed up to be who she really is. You'll hear Deneen, Stephen, and Lily in today's episode. I've read The Lord of the Rings one chapter a week with this family, and Deneen and Stephen made the promotional video for my Tao Te Ching book, a video to which I'll link in the show notes. First, a sad note. Our 19-year-old cat, Dharma, whom I mentioned in bonus episode 2 on reframing, and whom you've probably heard in the background, was euthanized this morning due to advanced kidney failure. This episode's for you, kid. May I, may we remember the teachings of our nearby animals. So verse 26, what do we say first? To prepare for this verse, first remember we have seen every Tao Te Ching verse bear witness to the silent processes of Tao. We have seen how Tao is not just the foundational processes of the universe, but how and when a being is synced with Tao, they are the best being possible. Best is what Tao does, nothing else. As a coach might say, do your best or go home. Tao would say, if it had a voice that spoke English, you are the best already. You are home. Just remember what you've forgotten. Realize what you remember. Practice what you realize. Today's verse emphasizes our remembering who we are in Tao. Briefly, with Tao, we are at our best. Stay in touch with your inner substance and naturally peaceful essence. Let nothing, nothing stop or interrupt this flow, or you disassociate with your nature, your truest identity, your grounding. The message today is perhaps the most resonant so far with the Greek philosophy to which Taoism has been favorably compared. Both arose about the same time, one in Greece, the other in China. That Greek philosophy is Stoicism, from which we get the word Stoic. Very briefly, Stoics feel that every event that occurs in the world is the result of a cause or chain of causes, so that everything that happens is determined by preceding causes and the chain. This sequence of causes is inescapable. This idea is not too far from Buddhist karma. Anyway, human happiness 
comes from understanding these preceding causes, an understanding which is fully within our power. Our happiness comes from not getting all passionate about things out of one's control or passionate about the wrong things. Passions and stoicism are disturbances in one's mind, which often cause disturbances in our actions with others and serve as judgments against one's behavior. Stoics sought to live without disturbing passions that mislead one's mind because of a failure to reason correctly. So, Stoics wanted to live a rational, reason-led life. When one leads with reason and rationality, they thought one is leading the best possible life. We'll pick up on some of these themes after Stephen reads this verse. As he does, notice how the verse focuses upon one's inner state or composure. Verse 26, Foundation Matters. The substantial stills the restless. Stillness quietens disquiet. Therefore, a wise sage may journey all the day long, but never abandon her inner composure. Even while visiting spectacular panoramas, nothing interrupts her inner calm. So, when commanding 10,000 war machines, why would a ruler behave in a flippant manner? Balance lies deep. Lose your roots and you lose your footing. Stay grounded. Now, to repeat a few key phrases. Stay grounded. Still the restless. Quiet the disquiet. Inner composure. Inner calm. Balance. Roots. Footing. Stay grounded. In today's episodes, we'll hear two Buddhist stories that bear on verse 26. Here's the first Buddhist story. It involves a samurai, or a kind of spirit-led soldier in historic Japan. I want to know about heaven and hell, said the samurai to the monk Hakuin. Do they really exist? The soldier asked. Hakuin looked at the soldier and asked, Well, who are you? I am a samurai, announced the proud warrior. Ha! exclaimed Hakuin. What makes you think you can understand such insightful things? You are merely a callous, brutish soldier. Go away and do not waste my time with your foolish questions, Hakuin said, waving his hand to drive away the samurai. This dismissive reply of Hakuin enraged the samurai. He couldn't stand there and just take Hakuin's insults. Red-faced, he drew his sword and readied himself for the kill when Hakuin calmly retorted, This is hell. The soldier was taken aback. His face softened. Humbled by the wisdom of Hakuin, he put away his sword and bowed before the Zen master. And this is heaven, Hakuin stated just as calmly. When you're listening, when you're listening, are you listening? When you're listening, when you're listening, are you listening? So, let's look at a couple of modern scenarios that may rhyme with the samurai story. First, someone cuts you off in heavy traffic. One of you flips a finger. Curses start to curdle the air. Things get heated. Car doors open. Arms start flying around like drunken windmills. Threats. Escalating angers. Where does it end? How does it ever really end? 
Second, a true story for most every family. The older sibling and a younger sibling both want to watch a program, but different programs, and they must share one screen on which they can watch programs. I wanted to watch my program first. No, you didn't. I did. I was here first. It's my turn. You watched something first last time. I don't care. That was then. This is now. I got here first. First come, first served. No fair. And things escalate. Where does the escalation end? Can peace ever come from such such I, my, me, mine statements? In both the samurai story and these two scenes, someone has lost their cool in a lightning flash. Anger means someone has some unresolved suffering and suffers still. Suffering, without resolving it, produces this byproduct called the ego. The ego produced by suffering has us thinking and saying, I, my, me, mine words, which enslave our thoughts with puffed-up foolishness. When such stories involve me, I've let my usually quiet mind be deceived, and I latch on to an artificial intelligence, to coin a phrase, that quickly spreads like a contagion, enabling that chief and root of all non-Taoist troubles, forgetfulness. Suffering can do that. We become someone else, it seems like, when we forget who we actually are. Someone alien to us. I mean, it's so weird to think that my equilibrium and sense of calm can be lost so lightning fast. It's like the real call me has evaporated. As we have seen recently in the pod, when we forget our truth, Tao, and our virtue, De, we settle for second best and embrace false ideas. These ideas lead nowhere except to more false ideas, and eventually to our becoming an anxious, suffering, and hollow shell of who we are. When you're listening, when you're listening, are you listening? When you're listening, when you're listening, are you listening? We come and we go. That's the thought I keep in the back of my head. Paul Simon from I Know What I Know. Well, verse 26 kicked my butt. I'm very much guilty of losing touch with my tranquility. I could say that I let others take it from me, but that's not true. I say things like, you made me angry. You made me do this. Logic check. To say that someone else quote, made me angry, unquote. Really? What if I have just forgotten who I am, and I let some suffering pseudo-self call the shots, permitting, allowing me to be less than? Here's the issue. Where is my ability to stay calm? Is it internal within my own power, or do I delegate this power to be calm to others? He made me angry, is not exactly right, is it? It's the Taoist and the Stoic teachings that we cultivate our reactive triggers to outside situations. Our passions just knock us off balance. Our equilibrium gets way out of kilter. So let me repeat this. We have developed these, these justifications for going off the rails and getting righteously angry. And righteous anger today is a defense that no one really questions. And now I know I've just said a bunch of controversial statements. But consider, 
If someone cuts you off in traffic, while the first thing we may think of is a middle finger salute, however, have we not learned this behavior? Have we not cultivated a self-righteous facade over years and even a lifetime? The law would call this temporary insanity. But again, consider, if we give over to others the very keys that trigger us, that is, if we plant seeds and then nurture within ourselves a set of conditions where our ego will almost certainly go ballistic, who are we fooling? Just saying, Taoism is not easy. Tao and Tad virtue are ultra-clean mirrors that show us everything, and I do mean everything. Just be rational for a moment. Rational thought will show us that for an ego to react in anger to being cut off leads to nowhere helpful. Nowhere. From this perspective, nothing gets gained by assigning responsibility to others for how you feel. It may salve your ego or get you a sympathetic beer down at the bar for being treated so crappily. But when you put a target on yourself and lead with ego, don't get surprised when someone with a larger or stronger ego sees your target and knocks you down. Now I hear some of your objections. I need to stick up for myself. Look out for number one. Today, this is still considered sane thinking, even Darwinian. We do this to survive. What's the harm? Well, leading with ego, everyone sees it. And that ego seems like a third arm or leg, and everyone knows we want to protect it, which makes others perhaps even meaner to us. They sense our vulnerability to our unnatural appendage called ego. And then they lead with their ego, and it's confrontation time. On ego, we think, see, listen, and feel within a very narrow survival-enhancing range. We don't see, hear, think, or feel all that could be known, but focus awareness only on a small portion, that portion that affects my distended ego. We take a handful of sand from the endless landscape of awareness around us and call that handful of sand the world. Robert Persig, Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance. All of this limited thinking has an unfortunate byproduct, a false self-image. Just who is trying to survive? I, in quotation marks, I am. Now our Taoist minds, the minds with which we were born, naturally takes a vast, unitary, holistic view. But under the influence of the poisonous gas of the forgetfulness, the ego feels real. It selects one minuscule slice of it, me, and starts narrating from that point of view. And just like that, my small artificial self seems really real and surprise, surprise, I locate myself at the exact center of the universe. And everything is happening in my movie, so to speak. What's good for me is good. What's bad for me is bad. If you treat your body as unimportant, you risk insanity or inanity. Ursula K. Le Guin, commentary on verse 26 in her book, Lao Tzu, Tao Te Ching. So when we create and then live in delusion, a vacuum gets created between things as we think they are and things as they actually are. And away we go, confusing the world we've made with the real world. 
but Tao says this confusion is as unnecessary as it is destructive. So remember who you are. Remember what you're made of. True religion always has a deep intuition that we are already participating in something very good in spite of our best efforts to deny it or avoid it. Richard Rohr. The Taoist, like everyone else, lives in a world where blame and fault-finding are pervasive. But the Taoist recalls their original peace, a peace that never abandons you, even if you abandon it. Tao teaches you to own your feelings and actions. You will come to know that circumstances don't regulate or govern your state of mind, for you have free will to remember Tao rests within you. When you maintain a peaceful inner posture, even in the midst of chaos, you change your life. And when you change your life, you change, in however small ways, the world. Imagine yourself getting cut off in traffic again, and you just smile and motion for the jerk, I mean the other person, to go first. Neither their ego nor your ego get troubled. And so hopefully the rest of your and the other person's day are less vexing within and less troublesome without. So verse 26 is very revolutionary for today. Being in touch with Tao is power for peace. Personal peace. Interpersonal peace. When so much of the world seems on a hair trigger, remember that you don't have to respond to crap because you are not crap. What happens when you bring your best, your A-game, to every situation? It is our choices, Harry, that show what we truly are, far more than our abilities. Professor Dumbledore, Harry Potter by J.K. Rowling. The wisdom of this verse prompts us to know that we always have a choice. You don't have to lose touch or forget your roots. You don't have to be blown to and fro by the ever-changing winds of circumstance. This is no fake-it-till-you-make-it pop psychology. One just practices what they already are, originally golden, from the first stable, peaceful, secure, quietly confident. If there's a tyrant in the White House, if there's a tyrant at home, if work is hell, whatever your current state, if you believe events taking place around you determine what's inside of you, and then you use these external factors to explain your inner temporary insanity, you've lost touch with your root. Why? Because we're allowing ourselves to be blown to and fro by the shifting winds of circumstance. A wise and skillful Taoist turns poison into medicine, crap into fertilizer, difficult situations into moments of grace. And when a skilled Taoist transforms a bad situation into a graceful one, she teaches by modeling so that others may understand without her saying one word that there are other ways to live in the world besides just being ever triggered by the willy-nilly happenstance circumstances we call life. You are substantial, says Tao. You are still. Be like Tao, advises Lao Tzu. Stillness quietens disquiet. With stillness already your foundation, you have a choice in every moment. You can decide to change the ego-poisoned atmosphere around you with your own calm, or you can be a seeming helpless hostage to an artificial intelligence and reality that swears you can't really help it. It's not your fault when you lose your cool in some pandemonium. 
Helplessness says, it's not my fault. The Taoist says, every moment is an opportunity for balance, quiet, composure, roots, silence in the ego with my original silence. And I think, I hope, this is a choice. Sure, we've all played the fool. It usually starts by forgetfulness of our own power for peace within. We've all done this, and we'll probably do it more. But here in this verse is a chance to plant a flag of remembrance. Don't lose touch with your root. Once we have faced our own hidden or denied self, there is not much to be anxious about anymore because there is no fear of exposure. We are no longer afraid to be seen by ourselves or others. The game is over and we are free. Richard Rohr. So how do you remember who you are? I read The Lord of the Rings a lot. The hobbits, elves, dwarves, and wizards there have lots of ways to remember, ways to interrupt their trances of self, sadness, or misery. Songs, remembrances of home, the appearance of a star, and good friends. These are all healthy ways to put the ego on diet. What are your ways? Listen now, please, to a second Buddhist story that amplifies verse 26. A senior monk and a junior monk were traveling together. At one point, they came to a river with a strong current. As the monks were preparing to cross the river, they saw a very young and very beautiful woman also attempting to cross. The young woman asked if they could help her cross to the other side. The two monks glanced at each other because they had taken vows not ever to touch a woman. And then, without a word, the older monk picks up the woman, carries her across the river, and places her gently on the other side, and then carries on with his journey. The younger monk could not believe what just happened. After rejoining his companion, he was speechless. An hour passed without a word between them. Two more hours passed, then three. Finally, the younger monk could not contain himself any longer, and he blurted out, As monks, we are not permitted to touch women. How could you then carry that woman on your shoulders? The older monk looked at him and replied, Brother, I set her down on the other side of the river. Why are you still carrying her? Homework. What have you carried long enough? With a written declaration, a poem, or picture placed strategically in your home and workplace, remind yourself, somehow, that no one can force you to forget your root. Remind post, write, skywrite it if it helps, whatever it takes. Your inborn ability to stay poised and centered regardless of what happens is so much stronger and better than ego's excuses. Taoism shines a light on how to live a natural life of no excuses. So it's question time. My three companions have quite the conversation on the applications of this verse. My question, Mark, really has to do with how do we implement this advice? Because this is talking about stillness and quiet and keeping that inner calm, that the deep layer that is not ruffled and leaning into that. And our culture that we live in is just the absolute opposite of this. It is frenetic. It is frantic. It is a hustle culture and it is really difficult for me to figure out 
how to maintain this space? Mm -hmm. Great question. I'm sure you have rhymed with almost everybody who's listening. Well, what if you don't have to find your calm? What if it's already there? You may not like this, but, mm. but what if it's already there? You're, it's inborn. The Tao is already operating within you, within you. It's been part of you, just like the hormones flowing through you naturally at the right time of, of your life or the day. It, it, it's all so deep backgrounded, but it's also our birthright. Mm. So what if the calm is already there and we don't find it, we just remember it because I think in Taoism, the number one problem is in human problems is not that we're sinful or not that we are egotistical. We have just forgotten what we originally are. What does that, what does that do to you? It feels like a, it feels like a breath, a breath space yeah. to try to do that. I mean, does it feel like you're getting a, a kind of a promotion from the universe to say that, that, <laughs> that you are, you're already good enough? Yes. And it's also just such a different cultural story. It's yeah. a different script than the one yeah. I was raised with that I think yeah. flows through so much of Western thought informed by Western yeah. Christian thought is that you're deeply flawed yeah. and, and you must be fixed. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and this is not something which modern culture says in the form of the bumper sticker, fake it till you make it. Mm. This is absolutely not faking it till you make it because there's nothing fake in you already. You're not mm. born with anything fake. It's already there. You just have to mine it. Mm. Mm -hmm. it's, it's there. Um, and, and so I think that what we could do is to get these little post-it notes or, or messages or even a, wear a t-shirt that reminds you of this. You know, why do you put a post-it note on your bathroom mirror that, that would remind you in a way? Mm. Okay. Cause as I say in the podcast, like in the Lord of the Rings, people have their remembrances that tell them oh, this is what's really true. Like mm. when Sam sees a star, or when the elves sing a song, or, or when friends get together and, and hold hands and face the danger. This is what we are already made of. Mm. Uh, and society, like you says, tells us, no, we're just, uh, we're just ragged people needing some kind of fix. And I'll sell you the solution. Yeah. <laughs> There's always that part. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Thank you for saying that. Yeah. Capitalism works nicely with Western Christianity and that approach that there's something wrong with you and we have the answer. Okay. <laughs> I like that post-it note. Okay. Post-it note just to the bathroom. Any, or anything that can be like a reminder. Like, mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm trying to think of, you know, like a mantra sometimes might help too or something that you can kind of fall back on that that will help you just recenter yourself. Yeah. It's hard to do that in the moment though. It is, uh, but I, I, I'm, I'm a big advocate of what you practice, you become. Mm. And so uh, we're both bicyclists. So you, the way to become better is to do bicycle and not to have posters on the wall. Right, just to get out and ride. Yeah, just get out and ride. <laughs> and, and try and make it regular and yeah, and habitual. So, so it's that kind of thing. Right. It is what you are and because you're practicing it. 
So if you are already made of peace, tranquility, harmony, what kinds of remembrances or practices that you can do, not to do something fake, but to do something that's real, because mm. you are really at peace. I do find that anytime I do something tangible, and I mean it can be weeding the garden, mm -hmm. our very little garden patch, something tangible with the earth, with real things, which is of course also the opposite of our current technological yeah. obsession, yeah. Uh, it does re like reground in a sort of a literal sense there too, like being in touch with something that is real. Yeah, I've seen Lily do uh, yoga and meditation. Is I that, does, do plenty of that. <laughs> I mean, does that feel like that helps with that process of kind of centering you? And Yeah, for sure. And I feel like anything that I do outside is always like a grounding, centering practice. And I bet that you feel most yourself when you're doing Lily with yoga or Lily outside. Yeah. And, and, and we all get into these situations where we lose ourselves that is we lose ourselves in a bad way we forget who we are and so we then do the finger pointing or the middle finger pointing or the, <laughs> uh, the uh the the you're no good and and so we do get to these places so i'm wondering we've talked a little bit about what are some ways that you are practically reminding yourself that it's okay to to remember who you are hmm. I think that moving your body or exercise or being outside in like natural, beautiful places, um, there's just like such a sense of awe and wonder and like harmony that you feel that can be really good. Yeah. Yeah. One of my most life-giving practices right now is trying to start the day with a poem, mm -hmm. often um, like a Mary Oliver type poet to somebody who is paying attention to the living world and keeping that um, sense, uh, yeah, that sense of attention and appreciation and respect there. And I will often copy a poem into a journal mm -hmm. because somehow that just gets in my body more. Yeah. And I'll find myself rewriting the same ones. You know, I'll flip through the thing. I was like, oh, look, like I've put that five times in here in the last two months because I really must need mm -hmm. this particular message of attention and devo mm -hmm. devotion to what is. Yeah, it's, it's kind of, I want to remember this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. Mm -hmm. I think what's worked for me is just, a, I have this meditation app. I'm very much a new kind of beginner person learning meditation, but I've had an app that's helped me work through it and, and start to make it a, a practice. And what's come from that has just been an awareness of how I'm feeling. Mm -hmm. Like before the emotion hits, I, I, I'm trying to learn to have the awareness that it's coming. Mm -hmm. So all parents know what this is like. If you're, you know, you're getting triggered by your kids and you're like, I need to just step outside. Or if I need to go for a short little walk, like I'm, you know, I'm not perfect at that, but I'm trying to get better at that. And I've noticed that my state changes when I do something different, yeah. you know, when I get outside the environment for a little bit and I can come back to it with more peace, more calm, more awareness. So that's been helpful. Yeah. And Stephen, I, I thought I heard something I think is very important. You, you anticipate. 
right. a situation that might make you lose your calm. Right. Yeah. So, or yeah. You, you just have this awareness right before you're feeling triggered. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, I'm starting to feel this way. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And that, that is a practice. Like I, I'm only trying to improve that now. Like I yeah. didn't have that previously. Yeah. You know? so a practice that involves your body. Yeah, and well, mind and body connection really yeah, in a right. lot of ways. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. I do think it's a powerful shift, this Taoist perspective that you and the universe are built of the same good stuff. Yeah. Mm. That just probably can't be lived enough to make up for the cultural script that we've had for so long That that is pretty much the opposite of that. But whatever that leans into, and I think that really ties into parenting and seeing our children as made of goodness who of course also lose it sometimes too and have to be reminded or remember but it's a very really really different path to see your child as full of the same goodness of the universe yeah. or not kids I, are pretty great they are say. pretty good <laughs> <laughs> i'd love i'd love to drive down the highway some someday and just see a giant banner that just says you are good period yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I don't see those. <laughs> that, that, that would be that would be awesome. There's some signs in West Asheville. There's some little little signposts or, or stop signs. You are beautiful. Okay, yes. well, there you go. That's nice yeah, too. Yeah. yeah, I've seen but, those. But for me to answer my own question, um, I've made it a practice practice for the last twenty years of not doing any advertising. I've had I have not had a TV. Huh. I don't listen to the radio. Um, there's no advertising, and so you, you don't. You, you mean you try and limit the advertising you take in? That's I, you, I, I try to make it zero. Yeah, a zero tolerance for any advertising because it mm. it makes me want to say, I am not enough in myself, mm. and mm. that makes me do. If I feel like I'm inadequate, then I go out and buy something that makes me feel better temporarily temporarily <laughs> until there's the next thing you need to buy That's right and, you know I, I buy that and then 10 minutes later i'm on amazon looking for my next fix so yeah. let's stop the the, the the whole fix thing at the, at the very beginning mm. so that's how i do it that has to be a challenge yeah, i was gonna say days. i would really like to get there everywhere <laughs> it is it is but i'll go into airports where i have to watch the tv and i said this is absolutely blanking crazy mm-hmm Mm-hmm. Crazy. Mm-hmm. So, you know. I am curious, Mark. When you drive down the highway, do you close your eyes when you see the billboards? Because <laughs> I don't think I want to be in that car. I'm just sorry. one eye. Just one eye. You know, we noticed we drove the Blue Ridge Parkway the other day, yeah. and there are no ads. There are no billboards because it's such it's, an amazing it's a feeling. National Park. And yeah. It is so soothing. Yeah. To it's the, like a to deep breath. Yeah. yeah. And and I must tell the the. Uh, the audience that this is the family that inspires me to try to take a, a digital Sabbath every every week mm. because uh, if I try to call this family on Saturday I don't get through no emails no calls no text and so this this letting go of things for one day a week I think is a mm. tremendous practice to to it, not get agitated it's amazing how hard it is to step into. And then once you do manage to step into it, you do not want to like turn the things back on. Yeah, that's right. Well, that's a good place to stop. I want to thank you very, very much for this beautiful recording time. And uh, um, keep on doing what you're doing. Thank you. Thank Thanks, you. Mark. All right.
This podcast is an original labor of love, designed, written, and co-produced by many whose central idea is that Tao Te Ching text and Taoist practices are good news for today. Tao still speaks. Deneen, Stephen, and Lily spoke and questioned. Audrey Davis drew. Molly Hartwell sang. Fortress Press holds the copyright for any use of my Tao Te Ching translation. And without you, where would we be? Thank you for your attendance in this class on Taoism. May your days begin in peace and become practices for radical hope. When you're listening, are you listening?